there. This is Jim the Keys, bartender. Rarely do we get it off at the top of the hour. Uh, I'm here with Papa Joe. Hi, Papa Joe. Hey, how are you doing? Are you there? Wait. Yeah, your volumes. Can you hear me now? Now I hear you. Ah, very good. I'm yeah. here. Good. Yeah, I played the music and all that stuff. Um, it is... Um, we're in mid-September, right past the peak of the hurricane season, right? Yes, we right are. Right past the very peak. We're in. We're still busy. in the peak, but we're past it. We're on the downward slope. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, well, right now there's like seven. There's seven. There's seven. Ignore. Oh man, my phone. I don't know how to use this. Good. I had my phone ringing. It spam was coming up spam. I should just turn this off. I think some people call. Somebody want your money. No, but I think when we start the show, they start calling my phone number instead of calling the. Uh, I've had some guy want to get on the show, and I keep on telling him, you got to call the Skype number. He goes, well, I'm calling your number. And I go, no, you're not calling my number. You're calling the Skype hey. number. Jim, what is the Skype number since we're oh, it's doing that? 407-392-4563. That's 407-392-4563. There won't be any screenings when you call. If you do call in, you're right on the air, uh, which I'm opening myself to abuse and all that stuff. If luckily there's not that many people listening live. And there's an I don't think... You know, I don't think wait until 7 o'clock really makes it, you know. Hey, but you know what? We're open for abuse, too, so bring it on. Well, yeah, yeah. I Well, I don't think rarely people say, well, I'm going to listen to this live show because I really want to get pissed off by somebody <laughs> who doesn't support our dear leader. But, yeah, that phone number is 407-392-4563. Or you can go to the Spreaker app and you can chat with us like Elrod. Is it Elron or D-Ron? D-Ron. D-Ron from Canada. He always jumps on the chat. But we were talking about being in the hurricane season, right? Yes, sir. And, uh, yeah, we had – it was raining for like two days here. We had uh, – they said there was 12 inches of rain in Alamorada, 10 inches of rain, something crazy. And right now – I mean, it was- when you say it rained here for two days, we're talking a biblical two days of nonstop rain. Yeah, yeah. It was a lot of rain. Yeah. It was, it was, they said there was like 12 inches of rain. That is a lot of rain. That's, that's seasonal rain for a lot of places, right? We got it in two days. But that's the right. thing about, we're, 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 normally we're not, that's why we don't have the tropical climate. It'd be dry for months and then a rain. That monsoon season comes in for us and we get tons of rain. It's an incredible amount of rain. But luckily, that being on, if you're at the high point of an, if you're at the high point or near a high point of an island, right, you're, you're not experiencing the, uh, the worst of it. If you're at a low point, a swale, let's call it, you're getting it pretty bad, you know, because that all all that water's running out to the, you know. Oh yeah, the plus you gotta re- you gotta remember, Jim. The 
the wind kicked up from the east, which is always the worst for the yeah. for the chain of islands. And the high tide was exaggerated to be a very very high tide, plus the rain. So there were neighborhoods that you know were flooded. Key West was flooded. It was yeah, what, Joe's. Almost, I've seen it with like a couple feet of uh, water on Davos. Right, right. I mean, it was a up to people's knees and people were on their jet skis in the middle of the city. So yeah. that, that tends to be uh, you know, protocol during this particular season. It happens. You just got to get used to it. And it's only going to get worse. I think. I know um, that's um, we were at a gathering last night. A friend of ours is going to Thailand for 10 months to teach and she's taking her family and, uh, we were uh, talking to. Uh, they were. We were saying our. You know, it was kind of a farewell party, and the uh, there was a re- couple of real estate agents there. And we were talking to people, and it's oh well, now wouldn't be a really good time to look because <laughs> it's the rain. The rainy season is the worst time to be looking. Uh, the real realtors oh. you're looking at their properties. Yeah, yeah. This would they, not be a good. Time. Yeah, they'll take you to a section and say, "Hey, how come there's." Why is uh, their rugs all torn up? <laughs> why? Yeah, why is all? Why is all the furniture in the front of the house? It's not like you can buy insurance during the hurricane season. Usually, insurance companies uh, withhold new policies during hurricane season. Well, you, you can buy it, but it's an exclusion period. You have to, right? Yeah, so most people, when they buy a house, they want insurance now. I would, right? You want to buy it and be covered at the same time? Oh, so yeah. Normally, normally, you buy the house after the hurricane season. That's usually when yeah. real estate deals start to pick up again. Uh-huh. And it's not as gloomy. and You don't have any threatening hurricanes. I know. People have such short memories with that stuff. But, like, uh, what was it, two years ago was Michael in uh, Panama City and, and uh, Mexico Beach up in the panhandle and this one right. is hitting near there right now um and there's still what it means like seven or eight of them out there um who knows you know i just pick, pick an arbitrary number and it's probably it's going to be it's going to happen so um that's uh i had visitors coming they were uh what were they here uh friday night this is traditional slope here, we said, uh, for vacationers in the Keys, right? You, you notice that after school starts and after Labor Day. and Oh, yeah, yeah. Even yeah. even with all this, uh, you know, the quarantine for two weeks for people who are traveling. And, but there's a certain amount of people that are out there doing their normal shit, uh, traveling and, and stuff like that. There's people that haven't been out. And... Now we're actually, it's all settling in. Those people have been out. Those people who really, you know, uh, weren't worried about it. And I'm not saying they should have been, uh, because we'll talk about that later, maybe. But they have been out and about. And so we're, we're hitting that slow period right now. And, uh, Luckily, yeah, there was a, a young couple came in, and they were going to the Dry Tortugas, which is kind of funny because uh, it's not funny. I hate, you shouldn't say that. But luckily, I didn't tell them about the podcast, so they're not going to hear about it. Rare would they hear about it. So they, they were in their mid-20s, 
and they were staying here and it was Friday night and they said Sunday they were going to be heading to the Tri-Tortugas and I said oh all this weather will be past us by then well little did I know how big the system was <laughs> right <laughs> and that it's it was pretty, it's pretty much only 80 miles north of us right now the, the uh, bands are still 80 miles north and to the west of us and today's Tuesday and I said by Sunday that'll be gone well, Sunday it was, or you know, Sunday it was going heavy, right? Right. It right. was crazy. Sunday, Sunday was crazy, and uh, during the daytime, Saturday was the worst, and then we had all the rain. But that's the peril of living in the Keys, right? You know, any any tropical yeah. place, it's going to be a lot of rain. It's going to be a lot of tropical cyclonic <clears throat> activity, and uh, that that's what you expect. And you hear that a lot. By us, and uh, there was somebody made a joke. They said, "Well, I got to put up my shutters." I said, "You're kidding, right?" He goes, "Yeah, of course I'm kidding, because it wasn't going to be direct for us, and we we had what right. forty mile per hour wind gusts or something like that, fifty. Yeah, so, I mean, I think uh, the, the the most I did, I took the flag off the flagpole. Yeah. I think a tree it, came. It takes yeah, a, a tree came down there. Yeah, it, yeah. What? It takes a lot to uh, to jar uh, Monroe County residents into. Uh, you know, leaving or or pan or putting in a panic. Unlike some people in this country who think, you know, people who panic and prepare for for the worst is should never happen, um, because people in Dade County and Monroe County, we go through this so many times. Uh, you get used to it. You know, you, you know what to prepare for. You kind of start yeah. to understand it, and you don't freak out. Do um, you think some so, people get kind of pissed off the people that have? Um... You know, they, they built their Cat 5 houses, they raised their property, they got all the, you know, their doomsday preppers, right? They got their uh, uh, generators and stuff like that, and they just got it. It's just like getting a new, uh, any new piece of equipment. If it's a guitar, you want to play it. If it's a gun, you want to shoot it. <laughs> if it's a rod, you want to think, Right. So you get all the shit. You're all yeah, ready. You I got guess. The impact windows and all this stuff. It's like fuck. I am never going to leave again. I'm just going to stick it out because I got all this stuff. And what happens is, you know, some years like it, Irma was our big one three years ago. And we still, it's still, we're still kind of in the middle of it. So who knows what'll happen? There's could be something out there right now that could come and get us, and we could be in trouble. Um, Usually in about two or three weeks, uh, about three, three, four weeks, we can start breathing easier, you know, when things start right. cooling down a bit. And uh, the, just the level of activity kind of cools off the oceans. Uh, I still haven't heard that. I've been trying to, every time I talk to someone who has some science geography background or some earth sciences, I try to ask them, I, say, I try to get this information from people. But luckily, most of the people won't give information unless they know absolutely sure. But you know how sometimes there's people that believe in a lot of crazy ideas, the flat earthers and all that stuff, not based on science, yeah, obviously, not, not based on science, because science is a bad thing to them. But um, right. I, I always, this is the thing that makes, I thought the more activity going on, no more, no more depressions going across, and how tightly packed they are. 
going across and the winds and the rain and the waves and all that stuff, that is kind of cooling the oceans. You would you would think so, wouldn't you, Jim, except what happens, because I wow. did read an article, yeah. what happens when the deep current water temperature is in the 80s yeah, and the, wow. the top level is in the 90s, how much is it really going to cool? You know, that normal that normal circulation of Arctic water coming underneath, cooling and, you know, resurfacing and cooling as it goes south in the Atlantic. Uh, what if, you know, they say that's all disrupted. Yeah. What if the temperature of the water going really deep is still really hot? How much cooling effect do these storms now have? It may not have uh, a type of cooling effect. That would that's matter. what I expect. That's what I expect. Okay, see, you have a science background. That's what I would expect to hear from someone who was like working for NOAA or something like that. That they right. I mean, those would those would be the you know because they were here before I spoke to them. They were used to talk. They said that the differences also occurred because of the change in the salinity of the Gulf Stream, right? Well, that's that's interesting. Yeah, the salinity uh, it causes uh, water to rise and, and fall and things like that. But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, but if it drops at a couple more degrees, you know, I don't think the water the water actually get up to ninety degrees in some parts. Um, yeah. You know, what was it? Uh, I'll go back two months ago. Uh-huh. We were out on the boat. And uh, we were over there by Stretch Beach, which is a beach that runs along US-1 as you enter the Keys. Mm -hmm. And the water was miserably bathtub-like warm. It was disgusting. Um, And then a couple weeks after, uh, of course, we're in a completely different area of the bay. Uh The the water wasn't that bad, but it had rained a few days before. So... Uh Maybe that answers the question in more shallower waters. I don't know what goes on, you know, out in the ocean in deep waters. I only know what I read and kind of made sense. But if I if there was an oceanographer, um, you know, that I knew, that would be like the question I would ask. You know what? I have one. I had one. I did an interview and I should give her a call. Her name escapes me. I did an episode. She's a, a lawyer. She's a maritime lawyer, and uh, she uh, was an advocate for uh, whales and, 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 you know, higher order ocean, oceanic mammals, right? So, right. Uh, which, I wonder if that includes, what, what, is an octopus a mammal? No, it isn't. No, it isn't because it, it, no. it no. uh, is that is that not a cephalopod? Yeah, cephalopod. Right, right. It is a cephalopod. I thought that was like underneath that. You know, like, I I don't know. See, I'm, the older I get, the further I get away from my class. Well, you're talking, I know. You're talking because about. Because orcas you know, are actually the largest dolphins. The killer whale. Correct. Well, you're talking mammals. You're talking vertebrate okay, well, mammals. Okay, I mean, but because I said higher order mammals. And then I right, realized, right. I said, wait a second. Octopuses are very higher order thinking too, so uh, I didn't want to get. I, I guess that right. was kind of that right. chauvinism 
when it comes to being a mammal. Yeah, that's yeah. that's like awesome. there can't be anything that's, more intelligent than a mammal, right? That's uh, that's being uh, culturally insensitive to the octopi of the world. Well, I would say well, not culturally. Yeah, I mean they don't. Do they have a? Oh, okay. See now, I'm. I don't know. Probably doing what would it. Do you they, call it? Do they have a are culture? You, are you? <laughs> do they? Are, is there are, is you there like, really an, an octopus culture out there? Who knows? Right. I don't know. That would be interesting. They all kind of like suck onto you, and we do yeah. call them. I don't know. Maybe, maybe you're an octopi racist. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I mean that would be. A, <laughs> no, that would be a, a species. A species. A species. A, a species. Yes. That's all too much for me to think about. Species, because they're not a member of our. Right. That's it. Okay. Right, well. I, we could go down this rabbit hole, and it's very, you know what, we should save it for yeah. another. We should save yeah, it for another I, one because uh, we could probably do another good half hour on it. Yes, we could. We should leave this immediately. But it <laughs> doesn't do really matter. I don't know your schedule for today because I said I'm thinking oh, I'll go an hour and a half if you want to on this. But I wanted to get to um, whenever you, you travel a lot out of the Keys, Joe, right? You, I do, yeah. Um, do you and Damon – go regularly up to the mainland if you need something that isn't available that you normally would like there's things you don't order online right because you're pretty savvy you'll order stuff online right oh anything to keep from going to the mainland i'll do it online um but there's those things that you know if you, if you need a washer a dryer if you need a lawnmower a barbecue sometimes it's just a lot quicker to run up you know, buy it on the mainland and bring it back. Oh, well, oh yeah. If you need one of those and stuff like that, I definitely a washer right. dryer and stuff like that. I'll order online. The one we, um, Abby and I, uh, it's funny if you're not moving, like I've never, I never bought a brand new couch. I'm 57 years old. I've never bought a brand new couch. You always bought used ones. I had them, or someone was, you know, it was a perfectly good one. People said they were remodeling their house, and they had one. Do you want it? And all this stuff. Right. And right, I never went right. out. And first of all, I was single most of my life, right? Right. And and then when I moved down here, I'm moving into rental properties most of the time. So, and they were furnished, some of them. So, I never really purchased. I Did I ever purchase? I never purchased a new sofa now i've purchased other things many other things big purchase items but that was one of them and i realized that was when i was thinking about it you cannot you can order one online you can that's no problem but i that's one of the things i have to try out and it's so big that i mean you have to check for fit abby and i are both over six foot Right. Right. And we want to, you know, the, you, you know, the sofas from the 50s and 60s and are, they come about because back then TV was you'd watch. There was only good TV around for like two hours. And we're going to get into TV later on. Right. But now the, the living room is your home entertainment center. Right. Oh, yeah. Everything goes on there. Sure. Yeah. And. The easy chair came about in the late 60s, I think. 
right? The recliner? Probably, yeah. Yeah, the recliner, the Castro convertible, you know, the whole yeah, that, yeah. that so whole lazy, lazy that, boy. Yeah, and, and, you know, when people spend a considerable amount of time in there, and there's other things they do. It's entertainment. They can talk to people and things like that. But it, over the last 40, 50 years, um, you know, sofas have developed. They got bigger, plusher. I mean, you can see in a real well-to-do, you don't see um, they have their rec rooms, right? People with multiple yeah. rooms. Yeah, my grandmother, when, when I was growing up, we had a room a living room where it was almost like a showcase. No one ever went in the living room. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I think every family back in that era, uh, the, the living room was not to be lived in. I it mean, was that for was entertaining. For, it was for entertaining. For quote was, unquote, it was there, for company. There was no TV in the living room. No, no, no. You put that in another room. You didn't no, want people no, in well, the living we had, room unless we had, and then people say, well, that's your living room. I say, yeah, we're living in that room, but the other one's kind of like a display living room. I mean, yeah. it didn't, my it's... grandmother didn't have; she didn't believe in the in the plat. She was. We were from Philadelphia, and she lived in the in Philadelphia from the '30s into the early 2000s. I mean, she passed away in 2002, 2003, but she she was a good 70 years in Philadelphia. She never put a uh, you know that vinyl covering. That you'd see in a lot of houses, right? You know that that plastic covering over the, uh, the furniture. You go in a house, and I'm like, "Holy shit!" I mean, it didn't even look good. I didn't. No, I mean, good. and you, and if anyone sat on it, it made that that horrible uh, noise. That and if you had bare noise, skin, you know? yeah, if you had bare skin, like down here, it would. It's funny. You'd really need it down here. But I guess up there, if you're working class and stuff like that, people coming home sometimes they're filthy and stuff like that, and you gotta you gotta cover it up. Otherwise, you're gonna have you know you spend all this money on this furniture, and then people are gonna uh, uh, destroy it, right? Yeah. Well, and listen, people... my grandmother had an answer for that. She just she would knit these uh, these knitted blankets, and then she they were very pretty, and she would just drape them over the furniture, and and that was a, we never had the plastic on the furniture. But I will tell you this. Where I grew up in Miami yeah. uh, during the 60s and early 70s, oh, everyone, it seemed, everyone. It didn't matter where they came from or uh-huh. what their cultural background is. Everyone had vinyl encased, vacuum-sealed couches and chairs. And you could not – you could walk through the living room, but uh-huh. God forbid if you sat on the couch, usually the mom would come out, scold you, and tell you, you know, go out and play or go in the other room. It was for quote, that's for company. I don't know how many times yeah. I heard that. Don't sit there. That's for company. Well, aren't yeah. I company? Uh, no, you're yeah, the wrong they, company. Yeah. The keys are kind of like the antithesis to that. You know, you don't see it as much in the keys though. I'm sure there's a lot of places in the keys like that. I just don't happen to be friends with a lot of people like that, that don't, you know, use their house to live in it. Right. It's more of a I don't, display I don't think model. there's that there's display yeah, model. There's not that many. My, my there's grand, not that many. Yeah. There's not that many uptight fuckers <laughs> in the keys my, that you would. Everyone I grew up with was uptight. Everyone, yeah. every mother and father was one. It's like kids were the nemesis. 
And you had yeah. to ask yourself, well, why the hell did you have them? You know, it's like, wow, all these damn kids, get out of the house, go play in the street. You go play in the street. We didn't care if you got hit by a car. Just don't be in the house and spoil yeah. up the couch. Well, well, the um, uh, my grandmother's uh, house was, uh, you know, one, at any time you walk in there, uh, you could pretty much show that she was – she said at a moment's notice she didn't want to be embarrassed by showing the house. It had to be immaculate. Right. But right, right, get, right. So what I'm getting at is like we were looking for a sofa. I'm looking for a comfortable one and stuff. My head wasn't even, even – I'm looking at a sofa. My head's so far behind. I didn't realize that most of the big comfortable ones now are recliners now, reclining sofas. Oh, Yeah. I didn't know I, that. Uh, I didn't know that. I didn't know. And there was yeah. another thing I just noticed that happened in the last six years. And you're going to uh, guess. Electric, electric recliners? What the fuck? I had, I knew, I knew they existed. I knew they existed. <laughs> I didn't realize that it became a thing that people needed. That's the one thing they needed electrified, you know? I knew well, there were. I knew. I knew there was the technology was around since the seventies. There's no reason why they couldn't have done it in the seventies or sixties or the fifties even, right? An electric motor to move something and stuff like that. But whether it is needed, I didn't know, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, because why plug something in if you really don't need to plug something in? Yeah. So did you buy one? Well, I'm going to get to that point, right? So, so, so I'm thinking we're going up. We're going up the, um, to the next couple of weeks. The catch closed on Mondays, the whole Monday, right? Works yeah. out good because in about two weeks from today, I got the operation that I've been waiting to get, and so it's going to be closed until a week after my reco- uh, uh, when I can go back to work, right? Okay. So, or. Uh, a little more than a week because then, uh, because actually I can't go to work that next Monday. So we're going up there and in my head, my perception, which you can't buy a couch online. I mean, even me, even me. I mean, I, I'm after thinking about it, pondering it. I see couches and stuff. Unless I sit in it, I can't buy it and order it online just because it's a good deal. You know, it says 800 bucks, right? Right. Right. And I'm thinking, oh, that looks like a beautiful couch and all this stuff. I can't tell by, you know, the dimensions, where how I sit, where I my head would be, where my legs would be, where my, my knee comes and all that stuff. So we figure it go. And then when I, I went there and then I noticed uh, the ones we were looking at, obviously if it's a real there there were nice display ones for the rooms that you – you entertain in the big sectionals, uh, right? Not high sectionals. The short sectionals are, are not electric because they're not recliners. And the people don't want to entertaining. They don't. If their big room is an entertainment sectional and they're for parties and stuff like that, you don't need recliners, right? You want functional, beautiful, uh, uh, utilitarian. People aren't going to really be sleeping on it. You don't want to make it that comfortable. You definitely don't want to make your couch look like a bed because we go, well, there's a bed there, you know. That's why I think right. a lot of that goes in design. People say, well, don't make my couch look like a fucking bed because my 
my buddy's going to sleep on it then, right? And I used to do that on my buddy's yeah. couches all the time because they started looking comfortable like that, you know? You slept on couches, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, not only your own. You go to someone else and I'll sleep on a couch. Oh, That's no, right. you get you get shit-faced somewhere, you're sleeping on a couch. Well, years ago, when you looked at a couch, it was like, uh, yeah, I could sleep on that. It was not that comfortable. It was, you know, they got the padding, you got the thing. It was nothing. It was, I mean, I had girl, girl, you know, when I was in high school and you're making out and stuff like that, you're dry humping the girl and you're on the couch and all that stuff. And you're really not even working that well, right? But yeah, I'm saying I'm working well. I mean, the couch isn't working out that well. Um, and now the, the development of the couch is more like for comfort. I think it was games, uh, uh, video games and stuff like that. People are going to sit there and they're going to be there for hours, hours. So they had to make them ultra comfortable and all this stuff with lumbar support and all this stuff. So we go. So Abby and I go to Miami and Abby knows in her head, she knows one place where there's three furniture showrooms, right? And another okay. one. So there's actually four within a half mile of each other. And we're going to go we're going up. We're going to spend hours looking at it. We're system, and this is the way I'm doing. And normally, I'm a pain in the balls to go shopping with. I am that horrible to go shopping with. Okay, I'm a horrible partner, Joe. I'm telling you that now. <laughs> okay. Yeah, and we go and we start looking at them, and I noticed the electric thing, and I said, "Wow!" And on the ones, all the ones I liked had the electric. One or two of them had. Uh, manual and and I'll go on my observation about the manual. So I'm seeing it and I go, oh shit, man! You got to plug the, you got to plug in your sofa. Which I know when they had the massage chairs and stuff like that, that was like 15, 16 years ago, or no, actually 20 something years ago. The massage chairs, right? And yeah. uh, I'm thinking, wow, you know, things have changed. And then I realize it makes sense and stuff like that. So we go and we start taking pictures of it. We're taking pictures of the uh, the spec sheet with the prices on it. And they'll say, powered sofa, that's the price. Or if they say something right. sofa, $200 for electric or power, right? Or 400 okay. So it was anywhere from 100 to 400 And I had my feeling on that too. And then every so often you see one with a handle on it, right? Now, the handle on the old recliners used to be a very sturdy wood, or I imagine plastic now, but handle where you kind of go back and you, you know, it's an easy movement to do, right? What are they now? Uh, They're real kind of like flimsy plastic ones. Oh, Uh, that sucks. How's that going to last? Recessed ones you, and it kind of just release the recli- reclining mode. Right? Uh, no it's, all, it, it's almost like a, a car latch for a car yes. door. Yes. Yeah, it's more like a latch, yeah, yeah. But it's flimsier, lighter. It's not sturdy. It's like they made that area the way I... Hey, I'm, I know about manufacturing from working in manufacturing, right? And it makes sense that you would probably make a standard model where it would be either electric or manual, and you just have the room for that stuff, right? 
Same size. You don't make the guts, so you have to make two additional, two different designs. So one, you can put a motor in, or one you don't, right? That's it. And then it, you can fit yeah. the flimsy little latch thing and stuff like that. So as we're looking, I just tell you the process. We're going in, we're sitting on, we're, we're deciding on the ones we like and all that stuff. So the first tour we went, we picked like four or five. We took pictures of them and they're leaving, right? And then we go next door to the next one where we could have really walked, but I went and walk over and then walk back because people are like, oh, that's <laughs> kind of crass. But we could have, it turned out we didn't have to even go on a highway because you can go on a back road, which made me think, wow. I mean, it wasn't even a road. It was where the uh, cargo comes in. And it connects the stores practically. So there's, we go into this store and it's a bigger store and we're checking it out. And we ended up seeing three of them we kind of liked. And the salesman was slightly handicapped and I was going to really want it just to give it to him because he seemed like a nice guy and stuff. And I'll go into my right. theory on, I was a salesperson too. So I'm real empathetic with non-pushy salespeople. If you're not an asshole, I'm really on your side and not want to make it difficult and all that stuff. And I did a little research right. and I realized if you're buying it from a place where you're buying, I did the research I did do was because I knew I was going shopping was about price negotiations for furniture since I didn't do it. Now, if I was buying separate items, what's it from a store buy separately, you can negotiate a price more. But if it's sold in a combination like sets, like room to go, they have less. Right, right. They have less wiggle room when they sell it separately. Right. Well, yeah, because they've already they've already put that thing together. Corporate has made their decision. This is the price. Yeah. So they, you know, that the price mark is X, and yeah. you know, the salesman, the salesman, yeah. they, they don't give them wiggle room. Yeah, yeah. So we're looking at it and stuff like that, and I felt bad because they. But we ended up going by, and we ne we go back to the first place, and that uh, we so we liked the 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 one we liked the least was as good as the one we liked the best in the other place. So we said we're just going to stick at the first one because we eliminated the other two stores. Okay. And, and now we're ranking them, and we're talking to the saleswoman, a uh, real sweet woman. Um, she uh, she wasn't too pushy, she just was on top. She says, my name's so-and-so, this is where I am. She goes, I like you, like this, and she pointed this out and pointed it around. And uh, it was good, and she, was, she, she knew because the, the showroom was on one floor. It was a pretty big showroom. I don't want right. to say anything because, you know, uh, I want to, if there's an opportunity, if we ever get a real big bump in the thing, maybe I can get furniture free in the future, but, uh, or, or a deeply discount. <laughs> uh, <Yeah. laughs> so we're looking and we started ranking them. Oh, but at the last place I asked the guy, I go like this, I'm getting used to the electric. I see so many, I said, we're going to have to go with electric. I'm not going to get a manual of that. And then I go, what happens? I go, I, I wanted to ask him, with an electric, when the power goes out or the motor goes, can you open and close it manually? And the guy says no. Now, whether that's true or not, I appreciated it from the guy because he answered it with can, his candor, right? Um, it actually that hurts his you know, sales because everything was a couple hundred dollars more if you, you know, you can't. Actually, in his store, you couldn't even find a manual one 
unless it was, you know, there wasn't a manual option. They just priced that in, right? But at the original store, it was either $100 to $400 more for electric. Yeah, well. And it seems like an option. It seems like like cars, that's what cars used to do, add options. So, hey, listen, it's just a profit, you know. It's a, how, how much, it's an $80 or what it costs, $50 mechanism, right? But we can charge from $100 to $400, right? Right. I mean, and that's what they did. Yeah. $400. If it was $400, that means the headrest guy. So we picked the one we picked and we posted it with the show has the headrest that adjusts. And and uh, the lumbar and you know it opens up and it does a you know you know the lower back comes out if you want it and things like that and I thought uh, and they put in automatically they said you want the warranty you know yeah and it's another hundred dollars and stuff like that yeah so I would it ends up being it, but... another four hundred dollars five hundred dollars and you because I mean, another a sofa when someone says getting warranty on sofa I said warranty on sofa what do you mean you either it's a sofa or not a sofa and whatever you do to the sofa that makes it want you to fix it probably wouldn't be covered by warranty right like well if you buyer. have electric you definitely won't want the warranty if you have the electric because if that goes out you want them to come fix it yeah uh, yeah I hear they don't do <laughs> they, they would send, send someone to the keys that's the thing luckily we're in Key Largo so it's, yeah, it's they not... do. And most of those places, it's it's one or two days of the month they'll send someone yeah. down. Yeah, well, which is which is fine. So I'm, I'm thinking in my head, we're getting two chairs. We're getting one standalone chair. We're getting the sofa. And I said, I said to Abby, even a uh, one chair is not going to be on an area rug. So I said, we don't want a cord coming out there, right? Right. So why don't we get get that one? Manual, since actually, first of all, that's one used the least, right? So, what's the big deal about manual? It's not like someone's going to come over and kick back and pull the chair back. I use the only time I use a recliner here is if I'm meditating in the room and Abby's doing stuff in the bedroom. So, that was our thing. We ended up in about three hours doing the whole thing and picking out a couch. Right. Yeah, I got to tell you, as we're talking, I I said, as we're talking, I'm sitting on a uh, one of the two couches we have that I've electronically, you know, reclined and uh, adjusted the lumbar while we're talking. (laughs) Yeah, I have one of those couches. In fact, we have two of them. And uh, everything you said about your experience me and Damon absolutely went through one. It took about three, four, five hours to go through all the different types, qualities of finish material. We ended up, um, adjustable headrests, uh, uh, a heavy, a heavier leather, but still soft enough not to be obnoxious. And, uh, and we opted for the electric because, um, because the manual ones, uh, seemed cheap. I mean, that was what it came down to. Uh, I, I didn't trust the latches. So, yeah, I mean, that's what you're stuck with today. It's like, And it's like buying a car. Yeah, yeah. Well, the manual, not, the manual one still had that sturdy handle on it. 
the manual right. chair. No. It was right. one standalone. No. It didn't even come as electric option. And it was a similar color. And I said, oh, this is be an accent chair, right? Right? It's, it's we got, yeah. we got medium, the cross between medium light gray, and this is a little lighter gray, so closer to light gray. But, uh, so the, the chair that had the manual. So we, we got all that. And I'll tell you, with, when it dealing with salespeople, I don't, I am able to negotiate. I do it as sale. I can do it as a sale. I can do it as this. But I, I got to know the wiggle room first, right? Like if you give me the thing, like yeah, the but car, the, if I know if there's a deal with the car, like when you're negotiating a lease, you're actually negotiating the uh, uh, whatever the value is at the end, right? The depreciation. Right. That's what you're negotiating. And, you know, whatever the startup price is, is this. And if they go with the standard price and own profit and stuff like that, I said, at least they're making money through finance. Because oh, you're, yeah, you're financing the depreciation. So if you've got the car at the lowest price you can start out with a lease, you can get the starting price lower. It makes everything else, well, it makes either the payments lower or the uh, the buyback higher, which reduces the amount of depreciation. So either way, either or, you know, and what you can't really negotiate the depreciation because the depreciation is what it is. So Right. And it's depreciation from the cost, not from what they sell it at. Because the car... They could sell it at thirty five thousand, but the car's only new. They could say, "Oh, it's a thirty two thousand dollar car," because the three thousand is profit. Now I know that. I, I mean, I'll, I'll know. I can know that, or I can get that information. So right, but you can't do that part. on furniture. But the other intangibles, when someone tries to put you in something you don't want, and all this shit, I'm like, that shuts me down. I go, well, come on. Uh, if I can't afford that, I don't can't get that. I'll just stick with what I have. I don't want to go and make an effort to get something I don't want. I'll just be, uh, you know, medium pleased with what I'm working with now, instead of being unpleased and with something new. They don't understand that's an option. They think people just want new, 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 new. You can't get this one, but I can get you this one, right? So, well, I don't want I, – I'd I stick with the old one then. I can do that, and that's how you separate that. And you tell them ahead. Say, I don't need to get one. I don't have to get a new one. But if I were to get a new one, I want this one at this price. So – Right, that gives you a that, that that gives you a little leverage over the salesman because. Yeah. Well, no, you're I'm not, not trying you're to not... argue. I'm not trying to argue with him or anything. I just want to, I, uh, a good faith negotiation. Oh, good luck. Well, no, I get it. I get it. I get it. Sometimes I really do. I, you get the right people. Yeah, it's not, I, all the, it's not all the same. And I, I feel actually, if someone's yeah, there for what you know. Oh no! I mean, I've I. I of all the cars I bought, um, the last one, the truck that I own, was probably the first experience 
where I sat down with the salesman and it was like talking to an old friend and they understood and they were willing to, it was just a positive, lovely experience. I had to go to Englewood, Florida to get this done, by the way. I've bought, and I bought quite a few cars in South Florida and it's always that proverbial car salesman and man, nothing turns me off more than that shaken howdy. And then the guy or the gal immediately starts telling me what I need. And so what happens is we have uh, a heart to heart where I explain what I need and what I don't need is a salesman telling me what I need. And I usually piss people off, but the ones that stick to it, you know, you either come back down to earth and deal with me as a human, or I'm just going to leave because it's not, it's not a need to, it's a get to. And I, you know, I don't need a new vehicle or a new used vehicle if I can keep the old one. I'm the same as you. Yeah, yeah. So what happens with uh, these guys? I I ask if someone's really um, crass and overpowering and and, uh, off-putting and not really listening, right, as a salesperson should. I, I go, how long have you been here? Oh, I've been here, so I'm a, a manager and all that stuff. And I figure, well, if they're that bad, I said, that's the the management has decided this kind of person is ideal for them. And you're going to get that in service. You're going to get yeah, that exactly. every place in finance. And Now, if you got someone you're talking to and they're a sweetheart, they're, they've been there 15 years and uh, they seem to have uh, a carry weight in the place and they don't they're not they don't have to be managed by their manager and I go well this place values someone it's a straight shooter you know and I I could tell right away you know they can tell you you, you can tell right away it's not a, it's not a hidden thing if you're if you've been on this earth you know if they're they've been that way so but right right people get on edge when you talk about sales so why don't we just end it at that and what I wanted to uh, there's this uh I, I think I wanted to talk about reaction videos, but I think we'll stick with TV. Um, the things you don't, I thought when I saw reaction videos, right? There was a guy at, okay. at the, um, at the catch who comes in and, and sets up his laptop and you've seen him before. He's a, he's a nice guy. And he watches, he does coding, and then he does a bunch of other things. And he watches videos. And I watch, he watches this woman watching a football game. It's a woman, you see her, and she's watching, nothing untoward's happening. She's not saying anything provocative or anything like that. She's just watching it, and you see the football game playing in the corner, and she's making, she's saying stuff, reacting to it, and they go, what's the point of this? And he goes, oh, you just watch their reactions. And I go, what? And I thought, wow. And then I did a little research later today. I did research. I've been looking into it, other reaction videos. And I think we maybe talk about it on another show so you can get the feel for it. You know, the psychology behind it. Why would someone be interested in seeing someone else's reaction? But then I thought, are things really that different? Because I'll go and compare a reaction video to other things later on, not today. But I thought because since the lockdown, 
you've been uh, you've been busy, I know, and Damon and stuff. Like, but when they closed everything down, right? Damon was home, right? Yeah, no, it was kind of. What are you suggesting? I mean, yeah, you were doing a lot. Reaction. of – You were wa- you were watching a lot of streaming video. Oh yeah, like, no, no. Well, I was yeah. either reading a lot, or yeah, you get a lot more watching you watch of a television lot more, and, and well, videos. Watch. Sure. No, but sure. I mean, there were things. I mean, I watched. I'll tell you the things I came acquainted with. I got acquainted with like foreign comedies, which you always, you know, BBC. You always get stuff like that, but. There was a, a show called Lillehammer, and that's from Norway. It's a Norwegian show, but the star of it is Steve Van Sant, the guy that played oh, uh, really? Silvio. He was Silvio on Sopranos, but he's the he's, right, right. He was in Bruce Springsteen. Played with Bruce Springsteen in the E Street Band. So he's he in in Lillehammer. He's a guy who's uh, in witness protection program, and he goes to Norway. Right? And he goes to Norway because he liked the a Winter Olympics he saw there. And he thought that would be nice, right? And then there was another one called Derry Girls. And it's about a, a bunch of Irish Catholic school girls in Northern Ireland with kind of like the troubles in the background, the partisan troubles with the, the you know, the Ulster men and the Catholics and the provosts or whatever, stuff like that. That's going on in the background. And, it was, and I said, oh, it's kind of weird. And then you got some like the Tiger King. Oh yeah, that 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 whole thing. Death Death Metal Panda. Death Metal Panda. Yeah, I mean, and there was okay, Cantero, the sweet tooth tooth salesman. Okay, listen to this one. This is a Japanese com- comedy, kind of weird. The guy's a book salesman, salesperson, <laughs> right? But he has his fetish for desserts. And he's always playing hooky to get desserts, right? Man. Yeah, I know. And I think, wow. They're running out of, um, you know, everything's derivative. Everything's derivative. You know, my But then you kind of run out of ideas. Well, that was was the whole point of my reaction is saying, man, it's just like I missed the mark. Instead of writing a book, I should have wrote some stuff. Stupid screenplay and sold it for a miniseries. But that's been going on for a long time, though. Oh, there was a special. They had a special three years ago called Michael Bolton's Big Sexy Valentine's Day special. Oh, God. (laughs) Now, I thought that's hilarious. I'm laughing my ass off. Netflix had it, right? They had that shit in the 70s on TV. I'm a, come on, you. I, I'm not even. I wrote it down, but I. I bet you can say um, some of these shows, some of the weird shows we grew up with. Weird, weird. No, oh, there's a lot of them. Just by title. Okay, get smart. Get smart. Okay, how uh, about my mother, the car. My mother, the yes. car. The guys. That was even. The guy, a, a lawyer. Uh, I think it was three set seasons, maybe. A lawyer buys a car, and his mother' voice, his dead mother's voice, comes over the radio. And there's actually an episode where she gets drunk on the antifreeze. <laughs> yep, yep. The flying oh, nun. The flying nun. Flying. Right. Yes. 
You yeah, know that, what was, the, that was you, weird. You know, that was, she's a novice nun, right? Sally Fields, her first right. baby. I mean, she could add it. I think she had other jobs before. She was probably in one of the Beach Blanket movies or something. But no, no, no. She was actually right after the Beach Blanket because she was like really t right out of her teenage years for flying nuns, right? And she's a novice nun in Puerto Rico, right? And uh, which is kind of weird because they had a Latin man. She had kind of a somewhat kind of sugar daddy feel to it right you know? right and yeah. he was charming he was kind of uh he wasn't ricardo montalbom but he was similar and real charming guy and i'm not saying he was swarmy and stuff like that he was putting things but th she could fly because she had this kind of habit that had aerodynamic qualities which was stupid as hell because it was attached to her head and if that was the part that did it she would be standing straight you know what i mean and it wasn't like if you were i'm not an engineer i'm looking at those wings on that habit aren't big enough to and i don't get the i mean that that the build a show around that think of it just because when the wind blows she can fly because of her hat. Yeah, well, but right? goofy goofy shows. I mean, there's. You're right. There was a, a bunch of really the premise of some of the shows that we were watching were so silly. Um, well, you know, like for instance, was, uh, Gilligan's was, Island. Gilligan's well, Island, and for years they never get rescued. That's and, not well. That's not yeah. even the weirdest ones. You know, that's not. You know that. Really, if you think about it, and you think they get over it, you think that's from the 60s and 70s. In the 90s, they did Cop Rock, which was a musical cop show. You know that? No, like I, I, I don't were, doubt it, but I've some never Some of the never songs were like, um, he's, he's uh, guilty. And another song was, I'm not, I'm, I'm not a racist. <laughs> I'm not a racist. <laughs> Eleven episodes. Eleven episodes. Well, hell, they ought to be playing that one again. Yep. That, that was in the 90s. Really well. bosom, bosom Buddies. Think of the premise oh, there. Bosom. You're pitching. Okay. Now, Tom Hanks, this was the vehicle that got him to be a star. There right. Two guys, two guys arrived in New York. Don't realize how expensive it is to live in New York City. Manhattan, right? Right. They find out from somebody that there's a low-priced uh, kind of dormitory for people, but you got to be a woman. So they do a some like it hot thing, and they dress up like women and go in there and pretend to be two girls from Canada, right? I guess to Canada because they're in deep voices. Not the Canadians have deep voices, but that was our explanation that we're from Saskatchewan or something like that. Right. Right. But uh, there was a Korean show called Oh My Ghost. Oh My Ghost. And the main character becomes possessed by a, a virgin, a woman who's a virgin. And in order to get <laughs> rid of her, he has to... Um, he has to, uh, what's, what's he has to do? He has to get her laid. 
<laughs> now the worst uh, one okay. never made it. The worst one. This is where the extreme. That, and they must have got this idea. They were trying to make fun of Hogan's heroes and stuff. They figure there were some World War II comedies where they took people like there was Mikhail's Navy, and I remember there were some people really angry that they had the Japanese guy as the houseboy on PT on the right. Road. Yeah, uh, and then Hogan's heroes. They, they were disrespectful to the POWs. Okay, now. Uh, this is the best one. The best one. It was BBC. It was BBC. It was called Heil, honey. I'm home. Heil. Heil. <laughs> okay. What do you think? You know what it is? It's it's uh, 1938 England, and Hitler and Eva Braun live in a house, and their next door neighbors are a Jewish couple. That just, oh God! Just pop on in every time, but they're also they wrote scripts like where Neville Chamberlain came over. It's 1938, and they're supposed to have the agreement, peace in our time. You know what I mean? That we remember right. when we that thing, and and the next door neighbor, I forget the name of it because they had the scripts right now. The next door neighbor comes over and tries to hook up Chamberlain with her niece, right? And I'm just thinking, Heil, honey, I'm home. And it was Britain. It was in BBC. You know, I mean, they got it. Yeah, but, you know. They got it pretty yeah. bad. The only other one that you think France probably wouldn't do something like that. They wouldn't. Yeah, yeah. but British humor. British, British humor, I think back to Monty Python. Some of the things Monty Python would get away with were pretty out there. So, Oh, Hi, yeah, oh, honey, yeah, I'm but, home. And but they, yeah, that doesn't. They didn't base that, that the doesn't, whole. Uh, Monty Python wasn't based on the whole thing. Like they could do that, and they actually they made no, a movie. But, they made a movie, uh, Jojo Rabbit, this past year. Did you hear about it? No. Jojo Rabbit is about a little boy who's in the Hitler Hitler Youth, right? And. <laughs> The chick that's in all those singing movies, those acapella group movies, uh, something, Rebel Wilson, the big British girl. You know right. what I'm talking about? The blonde, she's really funny. Yeah. She was. Um, she's a lawyer. She's a lawyer. And Sam, he just got Academy Award, too. He won it for, he won Academy Award for uh, three billboards outside Evans, Missouri, or something like that. Um, Sam Rockwell. Sam Rockwell. He's in it, and Joe uh, Scarlett Johansson. She plays the little boy's mother, and the little boy has an imaginary friend who's Hitler. And Hitler, oh, is, I saw Hitler yes, is I saw real supportive. He's real supportive, but in the end, he's a real nasty bastard. But they're like being real charming and cute and stuff like that. And it, right. I, I mean, they actually, you had to really square a hard circle to make that movie the way it was. And it works. It works. And in the end, actually, they got everything right. You know, they tied it up in the end. I mean, there's a Jewish girl hiding in the, in the attic in, in the, the thing. I'm not going to give it away because you got to see the movie. It's great. And what I'm saying, and I said, I square, they square the circle at the end. 
Yeah, that's one I'm going to have. I did see the preview to that movie, and, and uh, it did interest me just because it seems so. Uh, uh, the, the characters were so. How do you say? Likeable uh, like or non-offensive. Non-offensive, right? But it's a comedy. In the beginning, it's a comedy. It's kind of funny. And believe it or not, and then and and I know there's going to be people out there and the Holocaust wasn't funny and stuff like that. But it it addresses it. It actually addresses it issues at the end and stuff like that. It addresses the anti-Semitism, uh, the Nazis and all that stuff. So it was pretty, 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 pretty good, I have to say. So Good. Um, I'll have to watch it. Yeah, yeah. Jojo jo- jo Rabbit. And I was just thinking, oh yeah, so now I'm thinking, maybe things aren't that weird. You know, we always think, like, we. I told you to want to Oh My Ghost, you know, the Korean show. And that's a rough, right. rough translation. I mean, we're the ones that had my mother the car and the flying nun, car 54, where are you? Uh, All these, I mean, uh, the Adams family, uh, the Munsters, you know, if, if if you think about it. And Archie Bunker was a bigoted man, right? Oh, yeah, that was, uh, but that, Norman Lear wrote that to be, yeah, you know, in your face to the American public. He, he had, there, and I'm sure all of these are the same. Yeah. There is that subliminal. There is that second message that gets out. Yeah, yeah, you know, no, I knew Norman Lear did do it. Something. It did get through because at the end, you'd see there was always, uh, Archie was kind of like the antagonist, but he was also the, he right. was the everyman. He was the everyman, and he had to be kind of like he 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 was always going far right, far right, far right, and it was Brian. He's always being dragged to the middle by the end of the show. He was trying. He's like, well, you know, that's the way it's going to be. You know, like that at the end. He didn't right. say it like that, but he did that. And even the song in the beginning. And Edith was uh, an innocent who was fair. She was fair. You know, even though he called her a dingbat because she didn't really see the problem with that. You know, problem with having a right. black neighbor or problem having a gay friend or anything like that. She didn't have a problem. She just didn't understand why there was a, b- a big deal about it. But all these shows you see that come out. So I'm, I'm, th- what made me think about the weird is that I'm watching a show and it was really kind of interesting. It was a comedy and it's... Uh, Aziz Ansari, Ansari, you ever hear? Of, he's a he's a uh, an Indian American of Asian Indian descent, right? No. Well, it's a comedy, and it's not an Asian Indian comedy, right? He's just an American that happens to be Asian Indian, and okay. it addresses all those issues and does all this thing. I said, this is good. This is like Seinfeld, but they talk about something, you know? The whole show talks about something. And it's a comedy, right? And always talking about And it's the main thing. The main thing, there's actually a main idea in it. It could be about relationship. It could be about birth control. It could be about racism. It could be about um, sexism. Something like that. And it's, it's not tangentially about it. It's the whole thing. And they said, oh, this is original. And then I, they did an episode where it's called A Single Shot. And then I realized I saw okay. this in True Detective. I saw this in Game of Thrones. I saw, and I realized, what isn't derivative 
And there's so much content out there. What hasn't been done? Yeah, it makes you wonder what, where where does one find the new material? Is there new is there new material? Is there anything new in the sun? I mean, Shakespeare used to say, "There's nothing." Uh, uh, there's a there's a saying that Shakespeare says something about uh, uh, between God and man, and uh, there's nothing new in the world, really. Well, even Mark Twain like says history doesn't life, repeat; it li- just continues life, to rhyme. Yeah, no, but life life has happened, so there's really nothing. Everything life is derivative, being uh, or everything's derivative of life. It has happened. It's proverbial monkeys, uh, a thousand monkeys sitting at uh, a computer keyboard, I guess you could say now, not a typewriter, writing, uh, you know, Shakespeare by accident, you know? <laughs> yeah. You know, for just going, hitting the keyboard. And is it worthwhile just coming up with something new? And do you have to footnote everything? Yeah, I don't know. It, it comes down to, like, what will sell. Uh, you, <clears throat> you can write something totally silly, and because we see it on TV, and we've seen it throughout our lives, completely, totally silly, no real, you know, cultural value. It's just silliness. Um, well, they'll call it, they'll call and, it when and, they say something like that, they'll call it entertainment. This is entertainment. It's no, 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 and, I, and I'm not banging on it. I'm not banging on yeah. it. I, I mean, silly, like Carol Burnett Variety Hour. Yeah has a purpose to make you laugh sometimes you just need to see silly yeah but how many different ways of silly how many different ways of slapstick can are there i mean it's it's situational but like anything else um i guess maybe as generations move on you can do you can do uh types of of what has been done before you can you can do um, like a spin-off of a particular theme show, and maybe that will work because maybe that's new enough to get people to have interest. But I'm talking like, what have you seen that's like breaking different new? Well, that's where I've come in with the reaction videos. Right? You sure it's just not voyeurism? Well... If you think about it, it's being a shared experience. Like, I like Led Zeppelin, right? Okay. Um, the Immigrant Song. That's the title of a song. It's called The Immigrant Song. Um, and they used it in a Thor movie. But there's an African-American dude watching them play uh, this song. And he's listening to it, and he's never really heard it, never seen him in concert. He's watching it. In the end, he's he's like uh, in his 20s, mid-20s, and he's looking at it. He goes, these guys are like from another planet in a good way, right? Right. Or someone watching an old U2 and stuff like that. And for me, it's watching a young African-American person discover that. And I imagine it could work very well with an older, like, person like me, an older white person listening to a, a rap uh, uh, you know, new rap singer, like The Weeknd you ever hear of The Weeknd? 
He's I guess not a rapper. Weekend, answer. We, he's a vocalist. We, Weekend's a vocalist, a musician. Vocalist. Well, that, this this may actually answer our previous question as to, yeah. you know, new shows and, and, and takeoffs on old shows. You just may have, you know, you rediscover something. You think it's new. You've never heard it before. Yeah. So maybe it's generational. Maybe this is just kind of repeats and rolls along generationally. Yeah. How many times did they remake uh, Shakespeare, um, like uh, Romeo and Juliet? You had um, oh. Christ, you had Romeo and Juliet. And then, I mean, I'm sure they probably did one in the 40s and 30s that were kind of typecasted like that, where someone wrote a movie like that. But the real big one was in the 60s or the late 50s, early 60s, West Side Story. Yes. West yes. Side Story. And then they, there was tons of other movies like that. Um, wealthy families were, you know, it, it was kind of, the, the West Side Story became for, for the working class Romeo and Juliet. You know, the Montagues and the Capulets were wealthy, right. were wealthy merchants. Exactly. Oh, they, yes, they were. Yeah, so, I mean, Shakespeare was actually, when he was writing, he was actually writing for the monarchy and things like that. A lot of things he wrote was there for the, uh, uh, you know, the uh, the glorification of the monarchy. Uh, Henry V, who was, the, Henry V was uh, a descent, um, were they the, uh, yeah, they were the, the ancestors, Henry V, sixth or whatever, uh, there wasn't a, there was a sixth, there was a sixth and a seventh. They're not very famous, but Henry the Eighth was Elizabeth's father. But Elizabeth was the monarch at the time. Shakespeare was doing most of his stuff, right? And uh, so right now, and they're suggesting that what he wrote was derivative from other people, Ben Johnson was a compatriot. So, there's... It, it, does everything have to... I mean, I think we're maybe struggling too hard to tell a, a original story, but not tell a good story. Maybe they should concentrate on telling a really good story. Well, you know where you find that more, I believe, is in books. It, it, it's, in, it's in the <clears throat> written publications you find, I believe, more original stories. And sometimes those original stories are, are um, nonfiction, things well, that you just haven't heard of. I've read, a, I've read quite a bit um, uh, between the Civil Rights Movement and World War II, aspects or personalities involved that were not on the forefront but did some amazing things. And when you read these, this, like I said, this is nonfiction, uh-huh. and it brings a whole different story that you've never heard before to the front, uh, to the forefront. So it's there, but I think I, I do they do you think people I just find, can't I handle find that more in books? People can't really handle like they they can't handle. They got us inspired by true events. I mean, why can't they just say, "Listen, this is the story." At least that's what the person says the story is. The person that was involved in it. And if they say to say inspired by a story, why would they have to change it? Uh, I think uh, 
the movie Lincoln was uh, almost directly based on uh, what's her name? Something Kennedy. Uh, oh, she's a famous historian. She writes and uh, a woman and she wrote this book called Team of Rivals and Lincoln was based on the passing of the 13th Amendment. The, okay. the, the free the slaves from then on it would free the slaves because the Emancipation Proclamation only did that for uh, the states that were at war with the Union. But this was for when the union was over, there there was going to be no slavery was going to be outlawed. There was, you know, that's what they're going to do. And that what they did is they focused on that particular event, right, um, of the passing, how how he uh, cajoled people and got them to pass that through a a, a partisan Congress. And supposedly it's based on obviously some of the conversations he had with Mary uh, 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 Todd Lincoln and Lincoln had what I, how could they know if that was true? You know, I mean, they have to base it on other conversations they had, but they try to base it on that and be truth. And they, they made her as difficult. They made Mrs. Lincoln as difficult as she, supposedly she was right. And abrasive. Yeah. And they made Lincoln, the storyteller that he was and always trying to distract people when, you know, he had to think. So they actually, I love stuff like that. And you're right that the true story is many times more amazing than the one, you know, you see on television that tells it, you know, that, that, or television on the big screen. Yeah. Because here's the factor that come in factors that come in with a book is the author has a book he gets it published one way or the other yeah. so the book okay it ends up being published but when you're trying to sell a screenplay uh it immediately is looked at uh in sellability i mean books are too but now with self-publishing and the hybrid self-publishing you can get an, an amazon of course anyone can get a book out well so the yeah. material that's there is amazing. But when well, you start selling screenplays, I mean, they have I, to optimize on the, the profitability of it. So well, screenplays are structurally different from uh, structurally, uh, uh, novels are rarely written uh, with a movie in mind. But some are. Some are. Uh, Mario Puzo kind of did that with The Godfather and stuff like that. They said that that was very akin to a, a, a screenplay but the um the, you have your rewrites and, and things like that but in the end uh it's it is the screenplay and that's where you get things like uh sixth sense and nights hit the one movie that he get always going with the the end of that movie the sixth sense has the best twist of any movie you would the first time you see that you have no idea and the only reason I'm not saying what it is, even though 98% of the people who listen to this podcast know the ending of that movie for the 2%, because it's such a good movie. I, to this day, to this day, I won't say that. And was, there's a show on uh, 
A and E called. Oh, A and E is it? Um, another channel, Comedy Central. I'm not sure, but it's called Portlandia. It's Fred Armisen. Oh yeah. And um, and it was spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. They kept on talking spoiler alert and kept on saying the ending of the movie. You got to be really. Uh, uh, the only thing. Uh, you know, if you said something like this, well, you know, if you're watching a movie and, and it's the Christ is getting crucified and you say, oh, the the, the game's on. And said, don't worry, he's going to come back three days later. And people go, they'll look at you and like, well, how the fuck don't you know that? You know, <laughs> how do you not know that one? You know, exactly. Unless there, there's somebody, there's some alien uh, in a cloaked ship, a uh, spaceship invisible spaceship yeah, out there to be going through the files and going like this and going oh wait a second we got to see this history and stuff like that oh this is one of their main religious characters and someone says oh they, you can see another alien walking in that would be a good bit wouldn't it another yeah, alien walking in and saying to the guy he says oh don't he arises three days later you know they come in the cave and all that stuff and, if, and the alien would look at him and says what are you an asshole I mean I've been watching this I've been studying this stuff and I just want to get the, the story you know or they could blow the, the you know the sixth sense it would have to be it have to be an alien or someone that woke up from a a 30 year coma that'd be a good story too really work up there and they're just catching up and they're going in I got all this new stuff but uh, yeah there's premises there, w- there was a movie out last year called Yesterday and it was this guy in Britain he's a solo artist right contemporary solo artist he plays small gigs and he's barely making his rent and he wakes up one day and he plays a Beatles song at one of his for his friend, right? And the friend goes, "Oh, that's a nice song. What do you call that one?" And he goes, "That's Yesterday by the Beatles, by the Who." And he doesn't think anything of it. And then he goes around, and I'm not giving away the movie because that's the, this the crux of the movie. No one's heard this one day he wakes up. No one's heard of the Beatles or any of their music. So he starts cranking out. Beatles music, right? With as, he, as his own. As his own. But, well, there's no Beatles, right? So he's really, in his head, he's not stealing it. And there's some glitches. And actually, pretty interesting concept. Just the concept of it. Well, it was a decent, it was, I thought it was a decent movie. I'd give it a, a B. Maybe B plus. You know? So, I mean, there was a, there was a dilemma in it for the guy. But, um, I would, uh, I, I I appreciated that when someone comes up with something that's kind of the time travel ones are the new ones too, time travel. You know, someone does something, they and have to figure could, out. That, yeah, time travel could always be fun. I mean, the, yeah. of course, that's always you, you can write the future however you want, or you can interface someone from the future back into the past. Those were always fun. I always liked those. A, I saw one over 20 years ago, and it really affected me. Um, it was it was a it was the remake of the Twilight Zone, or it was one of those. It was a Steven Spielberg one, Amazing Stories, maybe, right? And it, it was 30 years ago, maybe. And uh, 
it's in the future, and this history professor, uh, they invent time travel, and his history professor is sent back. He's a descendant of Kennedy, right? John F. Kennedy. Okay. And he's sent back to record some events surrounding, not to interfere with anything, right? Not to interfere. And what happens is he gets himself involved with the Kennedy, uh, 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 like the Secret Service and stuff like that, and he tells them what's going to happen. And he says, but I'm not allowed to interfere. And he goes, and there's nothing we can do. And in the end, he changes places with Kennedy, and Kennedy goes back. And he's teaching at the Kennedy School of Government in Harvard, like 200 years in the future. <laughs> that's actually a, that's a and, great and, premise. And, and his ancestor killed, sacrificed himself for Kennedy to live. Which, you know, I used to be a worshiper of Kennedy, and I don't know if I'd do that for Kennedy right now if I were him, because he wasn't that great a guy, you know? And here I am, a Democrat, and stuff like that, saying that, so... But it, it was a, a it was a brilliant concept though. He says, "Oh well, how do you get around the paradox?" And he goes, "Well, you're, it's at the moment of his death, so it doesn't matter if it's Kennedy or not. It doesn't affect Kennedy's gone from the scene, right? And they cover it up. And stuff right? Like Kennedy's is sequestered in the future, far in the future. So, so yeah, that's pretty much what I have to say. So, once again, you know." I was thinking about that uh, the live shows, which I'm still going to do because if we get a large enough audience, I figure eventually we'll have a couple people that are shut-ins in prison maybe. Oh, you, I guess you can't make any phone calls if you're in prison. I imagine a prison, there's a certain, might be a prison population that we do near uh, uh, a boarding school. We could have a boarding school audience. They would like that. I could talk about how to make fake, uh, how to homemade, uh, homemade uh, alcohol. Um, I, that would work for prison too. And that would be the side thing for that. But there's, I mean, I eventually could see a live audience, but I don't think there's ever going to be a live audience because first of all, why would someone listen to a podcast if they want to listen to live? Because the radio exists already. Right. I mean, you would think they just listen to the radio. I get yeah, it. I mean, radio but, works you know. for radio works for when you want to flip it on. You hear some music. You got to sit through their. Um, it's free. You got to th- sit through the uh, uh, commercials. But everyone turns. Have you ever listened to the commercials on a radio? No, I try not to. I mean, do people listen to them on podcasts? You got to be careful on this stuff like that. I just don't get it. I mean, it's going to be like the 1950s or something like that, or 1930s and 40s, where they incorporate the product right into the show. You well, know, little little orphan Annie Ovaltine, right? Be sure to drink right. your Ovaltine, right? That magic Dakota ring shit. So. I, I don't know way about it, but I still would like to get phone calls in. I know there's people that do call-in shows, and they got to organize it. And the thing with podcasts, people don't show up as much, and they don't do it for radio shows either as much. You know that? I've been asked. I've been on four radio shows, and some people don't show up. You know? Now, if it's a big show like NPR, National Public Radio, 
or you know a national show people have to show up or they say well we're you know if you don't show up we're going to stop playing your music or we promote your you can't promote your book you know right so, i mean let's face it if you go onto a, a venue that's got thousands listening you're going to get phone calls in you're just going to have people call well, we do have thousands. We do have thousands listening, but they're listening after the fact. They're listening after the fact of the podcast. I like it. Right. We need so a time machine to go. Like, listen, you wanted it. Did you want to ask a question about that show? <laughs> so I'm putting in a postscript right now. Uh, what I did is, uh, I put the phone number, just in case. Which you should write it down if you're listening now, and if you're not, you you too. Joe, 407-392-4563. That is the number that we're talking on right now. I guess I could put a Skype one on. I got to put my Skype identification. So if we, I mean, it'd be great if we had someone from uh, another country call, especially from like Iran or Serbia or Kazakhstan or something crazy like that. That would be awesome. Um, yeah, and you can say whatever crazy shit you want to say. Uh, and I don't say you don't naturally have crazy shit to say. You may have something that's very cogent and thoughtful. and uh, But please do. But that number is 407-392-4563. And also, if you have any questions after the fact, I can bring them up on the next show. And all you have to do is contact, send an email for me or Joe um, to Jim. You know how to spell Jim. If you don't know how to spell Jim, I'm not going to spell it for you. At keysbartender.com. So you know I'm not going to spell a keys bartender because you know what that is. It's keys bartender, not Florida keys bartender. Keys bartender is the email address. And I think I'm going to go back. I think I'm going to change that back to keys bartender. I'm going to change the title of the show to that. I don't know if that's going to affect the way people listen to it or something like that. But Florida keys. I, I always thought that people knew, Joe, that when I said Keys bartender, we met the Florida Keys. Not about a bartender that has a lot of keys. Yeah, right? well, not everyone, I guess, if you got to, you know, know what in, the Florida If you're in the United are. States and you say you're going down to Keys, unless oh, you you're know. right next yeah, to I mean, a key, like if there's a key, are there keys outside of, of Texas? We, Jim, we have a president that can't say Yosemite. Oh, it, it's Yosemite? There are people that they don't know Yosemite. where the keys Yos, are. Yosemite? Yosemite. Yeah, Yosemite. Yosemite over there. Yosemite yeah, no, sounds like no a mineral, one of those extra minerals, the minerals that they have, uh, those transitory uh, <laughs> elements on the periodic table that only appear for like a millionth of a second. You ever hear of those? There's, yes, well, so that, that must be one of them. Yeah, one of the Yosemite, and um, you know, it's it's a it's a Nazi like appearance where they disappear when you shine the lights on them and stuff like that. They're not a semi anti semite anyway. Yo, anti semite, but yo um, anti Yosemite. Yosemite. So yeah, but if you have any questions or comments, um, and as long as you're not anti semitic and stuff, if you are, you know, bring it to maybe bring it to our attention, and then we can go and say a, a comfortable fuck you to you. Um, that's right. Yep. Uh, Joe, thank you. Uh, listen, um, you want to? We did almost an hour and a half. Uh, we want to do another one Thursday. You think yeah, about it? Just. Uh, How about two o'clock? Think about it. 
Two o'clock is fine. I don't care. Just, uh, you know, the routine. Just give me a holler ahead of time, and we're I'll, good. I'll, I'll t- well, tomorrow I'm working, so I'll send it to you tomorrow morning, tomorrow afternoon, okay? Tomorrow afternoon. That would be perfect. Yeah. Okay, thank you. So we'll do it at 2 o'clock on Thursday. And if you want to call in, and that's Thursday. What's today's date? The 14th, 15th. So that would be the 17th. So I'm going to I'm going to probably do a 30-minute show tomorrow by myself. But if you're listening to the show, if you download it, it'll be September 17th, Thursday, September 10, uh, 17th, 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right? Because we don't go to – we got another month before we go to Daylight Savings, right? Was that November? Are we still doing that? Are I we getting rid of that? No, I think that's October. October, okay. It's, uh, it's before Halloween. I think it's in October. Yeah. And next week, I might want to do a couple extra shows, so maybe we'll do two shows. We could we could have done two shows right now. I would have just stopped. and. But it doesn't really matter the number of shows. We got, 300, we got 326 episodes. So this is just good for, like, if you're driving from here to where, we, where could you go from? And this would take you almost down to Key West. If you're driving at a non, you know, this hour and 30 yeah. minutes. Almost. And you'd be real yeah, close. You'd have to stop and use the bathroom, go to a gas station, you know, get yourself a Cuban sandwich. Um, or, it, you know, because there's not a lot of places where you could just pull off the side and go behind a tree because it's a lot of bushes and stuff like that. So you really can't do that. You got to stop at a gas station. That's a helpful hint for the end of your show. Okay, Joe. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to start playing the music, okay? Hey, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Talk to you later. I'm not signing up. I'm not hanging up on you yet, Joe. So the music's starting in three, two, one. So if I turn it up real loud now, Joe, you don't hear it. You hear that? No, not at all.